So hi everyone, welcome to Architecture in the Den and today Sara Colotta has uh, joined uh, us. Um, so Sara, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, a pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me at Architecture in the Den. Um, I've been listening to some of the talks and it's really exciting. Yes, so thank you so much. Um, so yeah, my name is Sara Colotta. I'm an architect and I'm also a digital transformation specialist. And I basically what that means is I help architects get digital and no, it's not all about social media. It's really more complex than that. It's very much about turning profit online. So mm -hmm. how can you use your expertise and what you do and your passions, but also really your business model and move it online for several things. First of all, most importantly, to attract better clients um then essentially also start working on more interesting projects so building a community and doing what you really love doing which is you know the just those projects that help your business grow and the most the design projects that you most enjoy working on and then lastly it's really about taking your career in your own hands and saying you know what, the digital world gives me all these possibilities and I know how to direct it now to self-publish my research or to build a community, to get a higher following, to really control the message that I put out there, etc. So really, this is kind of in a nutshell what digital transformation is and what I work in. And I'm really excited to tell you a little bit more in this podcast about this. Brilliant. So why... Sarah, why do you think architects need to transform how they operate? Well, just like I mentioned a little bit in my introduction, I think that it's really important to realize that our world is changing, really. We're evolving and we're definitely in that stage where not only our attention gets bombarded like a million times a day and we, have, mm. we think so fast, we develop faster, but also there is more possibilities available to us and growth is no longer what it used to be 10 years ago, especially in business. And so we have to realize that certain vehicles are there to transform the world. And if we don't adapt, it's as if we're missing on the greatest opportunity. When we think about business, we really want to understand like the environment that the business really gets nourished and grow in, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I like to say that like, the internet is a very nourishing environment and generally the digital world with the technology that, that obviously um, facilitates that because certain things that we, we would pay a lot of money to happen or we would have to create the right environment for it to happen in the analog world now can be done very cheaply and very quickly and very easily. And so that gives you a lot of control of basically these processes that before if you wanted to advertise for example you would have to maybe buy a billboard space or maybe go door to door and put leaflets in or you know really create a happening and event for people to know that you even started a business in your area but right now even before you really start selling you can just go out there and start creating community talking to people about your product what you're doing what you're good at and start getting people interested and they're making money basically on the back of that as well so i think that it's just i see that really as a environment that is very nourishing and i think that this is the reason why architects should really start paying pay more attention to what digital transformation really offers 
for architects and for the businesses. And really what's even more interesting is that it solves some problems that we still have present in the architecture industry and in the way that we run businesses. So if those problems can be solved, why not do it easily by going online? So you talked about advertising. Um, how else will digital transformation transform uh, business? Sure. So like basically, if you think about it, it's really about like what advertising is, is about sending your message and putting it in front of the right audience. And a lot of times in the past, you would have to spend a lot of money to get that message to that customer that really resonates with it. Because if you think about it, if you put your message on a billboard, so many people see it, but not all of them find it relevant. Now, when you're online, you have a completely different ability to basically reach directly the people that could potentially be interested in what you're doing. Why? Because we've got loads of forums, we've got loads of groups, we congregate by our interests, our hobbies, our topics of discussions, different events we attend. So the moment you start understanding where that audience is, you can basically put your message in front of an audience which is 100% responsive. They may not buy into what you're selling, but they will listen because they're interested in that. So that's a huge win in the first place. Basically, it's already a benefit. Yeah, so I was thinking, um, I mean, digitally, di digital transformation, we use it in Pride Road um, internally with CRM systems. So mm -hmm. for us, uh, we use digital platforms for um, sort of kind of intranet, um, systemizing um, processes, um, client data, so we don't lose any information whatsoever. So do you get involved in, in that side? Absolutely, it's definitely a part of it. So on the front end, I would say it's all about lead generation. And mm -hmm. that's like a term which maybe not everybody understands out of the marketing um, realm. But what that means really is reaching out to the right customer and bringing it through the door, bringing that person through the door into your message or your business or the value that you provide may not yet be paid value, but at least it's something that these people will be interested in. So it might be, for example, your newsletter, your monthly um, you know, email campaign, or it could be webinars or a conference or maybe a viewing somewhere, a physical event. But then eventually, as you start collecting data, and if there's especially in volumes, what you want to do is, like you mentioned, not only categorize, but also really keep track of mm -hmm. who who is interested specifically in what? Do they want to, for example, work with you directly? Do they want to sign up for some courses? Maybe they want to learn from you or maybe they want to hire you to work for them and do a service, perform a service for them. And so there's all these different levels of business and how you make money. And so you start aligning your business model accordingly to the different things that you can also offer. It might be a book. It might be a mastermind, it might be an online course, or it could be, for example, actually working with someone one-on-one. And so if you are dealing with volumes with people like that, that's where you go into CRM systems. And really what that is, is you have all the data of your customers and the information of what they're interested in, what they're buying, who they are, you know, whether it's a male or female, is it an architect or someone who wants to be one? Could it be a potential client who wants to hire you for a design? And all that helps you to do is craft a very unique message to each and every one of them. So that mm -hmm. if someone's a potential client, they don't get bombarded 
bombarding by emails, for example, from you offering them a course in architecture, because that's that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. So you basically manage your, conf- your conversation better. And then that really creates a level of sophistication for your business and more control of your sales as well. And within the CRM system at Pride Road, we, we, um, we have a series of automations that go out and take customers on a journey so they get certain automations at certain stages so you know if they are you know if they've expressed an interest but haven't bought from us or haven't booked um, a prospect we'll be pushing them towards that prospect and um, you know we send out maybe seven messages um, you know at each stage along the funnel so, you know, from a, from a lead to a prospect, to prospect to a workshop, and then a workshop for, to a project. And then it's just keeping in touch and providing kind of rich uh, content for them just to keep them, to keep them engaged and to tell them what, what you're doing. So that's um, really, yeah. because you see what you just said is a system which was designed around a business model that you practice for Pride Road. And I think that this is really something that is a takeaway for architects that are listening is that the moment you figure out exactly what is the journey of the customer who comes in through the door and basically gets interested in your product, whichever the, the actual outcome is, you need to direct them to the right, so to speak, like as if you go to the supermarket and you're looking for specific you have a specific need that needs to get met. You don't want to go to the wrong, wrong aisle, right? Mm-hmm. So what automation does, it directs the customer exactly where they want to go and also encourages a sale a lot of times. And so I think something that is a takeaway from this for architects is every single time you work with CRM and you organize all the information, the data of your customers, you can really automate the sales. And so that also helps you monetize and so this is really where the secret is of making Mm -hmm. money and going online really with your sales systems and automation obviously scaling up is another big thing as well because it it helps you to sell products or help your customers and provide that value without having to send an individual person along the whole journey of the customer um, and help them grow or navigate through the sale you just have um basically series of emails or websites doing it for you absolutely and for us we deal in sort of uh, quantities of of clients so we're offering us this a similar product the same uh, sort of similar messaging all the way through and when we talk about product i mean it it can be a bit misleading in the architectural world because what we're really talking about is architectural services mm-hmm. but yeah. it's be you know a physical product but you know really it's a self-contained service that you offer it's a you know uh, for us it's a concept design workshop or it's a planning application or it's a building regulations application Uh, so it's a service but we we still call them products so it can be a little bit confusing yeah it's true and I I mean I think you're right about it and also, I think that within it's, it's really interesting that distinction between service and product and within that distinction, we have to think also that it gives us more possibilities. So, you know, when you look at a lot of practices that are successful, you know, they do research, they publish that research, they analyze it, they publish manifestos, they publish lots of books, you know, so there's a lot of different content that comes out of it that 
that that are work that is outside of just service that that are actually physical products because it could be a printed book it could be a workshop for example which is a happening an event which again is a product of its own and all of those separate um products so to speak they have a different price tag but they also correspond to a different need of your community so perhaps not everyone is looking for design but there might be people that will be going there to maybe get certified or maybe they want to learn something or maybe they want to collect collect a beautiful architecture photography or whatever so as you know in all by all means they buy a book with your with your publication of your designs or whatever but the point is that you nourish your community with a variety of products and it also helps you diversify your income. Mm -hmm. But what's also interesting, in if you kind of see services as different products, you can also think about which products are more profitable, which are more enjoyable, which take the longest, um, which have the, you, you know, you need to do more effort to get the, the certain outcome. And once you can start distinguishing your offer, then you know you can look at the profitability of your practice and it helps you uh, grow exactly and another really interesting thing that i want to add to it is something that we call a value ladder so what it means is that sometimes you create a product which you sell in volumes just so that people can find out about you so that they come through the door and they do something a little bit more engaged and a little bit of a higher quality with you eventually potentially hire you on a design project mm -hmm. and basically essentially pay you know the the higher price for your services as you design something for them but you know it might be that at the beginning it all starts with just a lecture that they attend or maybe exactly a series of books that they'll buy for you or maybe opting into your letter newsletter or things like that so there is all these different things that you can sell for maybe 20 euro or 20 dollars you know pounds in the uk but um but the, it might be sold in volumes right so a lot of times i say um that you know architects we always are, arrange, are engaged with research aren't we a lot of times we we work on research already for our master thesis or, or essentially just to even finish the the university work and things like that uh, but then also we continue that throughout our career but a lot of times we don't actually get it published not so many practices and it does happen of course take that research and publish it in form of a book and, and when that happens traditionally it was obviously going into publishers paying for that and hoping that it gets sold you know sold through multiple of, of bookstores but right now with internet again you know, you can spread your research in so many ways. And this readers, there's people reading all sorts of things online because there might be another practice that's interested in what you're researching or what you're good at and what you're practicing within your office. And they might want to learn from you, even though they're on the other side of the world. So, Just by so what, what, what sort of platforms would you use to publish? Are you talking blogs or e-blogs? Blogs, blogs, but if it's more um, advanced research, I would think about self-publishing. You know, Amazon actually helps you to self-publish books and um, there is loads of ways to self-publish. You don't need a publisher anymore to get your book out there. And Amazon actually prints, physically prints a book for you with a great hardcover. So something that always saddens me is the amount of research and really valuable information, academic information is backed up with research and 
years of really energy going on into it that at the end when we get that degree it just lands in dusty libraries <laughs> you know but that research is not only something that created you as an architect to go out there and start you know maybe designing with more consciousness or maybe changing your practice towards what you know right what you research what's your background and things like that or those motivations that are within this academic research so why not use that as your manifesto as your design manifesto or a way in which you can actually position your practice to what, like actually communicating hey we resolve those problems this is something we're interested in and we don't only research about this but we also drive innovation and solutions forward with design and you know when you look at for example, big, right? That's what he did when he started his practice. He didn't just start with building. He started with writing less is more. Why? Because there was a fashion around writing manifestos, but it was also an opportunity for him to put all his thoughts down and get that published. So now you understand his approach to building and to design methodology because you read his books and you understand what the process of thinking is behind the work of an architect and if he just wrote that and it ended up being in a dusty library it's it would just not help the business and it wouldn't help forming the real idea and the message that the business can carry forward through the design if you know what I mean so I think it's really important to see those digital transformation tools as opportunities for us also so what are the key steps architects should take in uh, thinking about digital transformation? Oh, really so much. I think at the beginning, I would start with really um, revisiting all your social media platforms and mm -hmm. looking at it, not from a perspective of, do I communicate to another architect who I am? Because, you know, a lot of times another architect will know what it means that you worked for OMA or UN Studio and all these studios, but your client might not know that that was something significant because by all means the client may not actually be interested in architecture so they might not know exactly like that it's a significant for example studio where you practiced in in the past right and that you carry all this in for example experience like if you worked for Zaha Hadid and you're really good with parametric design that may not convey as a message to a customer who lands on your LinkedIn as they see for example, your, um, you know, your journey through your career. So what you want to do is really think about who you mostly care about receiving this information. And then um, you use that basically to navigate your message that you put in front of your audience. Stop thinking that you're promoting yourself to other architects. Start thinking about your client and what they want to know about you. And a lot of times it's how can you solve their problems and how do you want to make them feel safe about the services you provide or you know working with you basically so how can you communicate that start there and then go on your linkedin go on your instagram go on your facebook page or whatever you use to communicate your business wherever you have business profiles and personal profiles and change that message that's where i would start and then I would look into ways in which I can diverse, diversify my income because I just believe that nowadays relying 100% on making your income via providing design services is no longer enough, you know? <laughs> and um, it's like keeping all your eggs in one basket and running through the field just hoping that they all won't break. You know, <laughs> you have to diversify. And, and if you don't, 
people around you will and your competition will become unbeatable basically that's the truth of the matter um digital what, what sort of thing are you talking about with diversification that's going to get a new in front of clients honestly it's just about understanding how to approach your client uh, mm -hmm. where they are at where do they agglomerate what sort of problems you can solve and then thinking how can i base solve them because sometimes what i would what the best solution would be is organizing maybe a, a little meetup you know local meetup where you can cover certain issues that relate to your customers and show that you care and that you use expertise your expertise to put solutions forward and then that can bring people through the door to your design business but how you would do that is either through maybe organizing an event or maybe a webinar or maybe putting forward a different solution so again going back to these different tools available you know it could be a mini course it could be whatever i just think it's important to start thinking outside of the box and really focus your attention mm -hmm. on your customers. And so then you talk, and you talk about charging for these events. Yes, of course, unless it's um, unless it's a good business strategy not to, because okay. the moment you bring people through the door and um, and you get that interest, you know that you're in it to win the bigger game, which could be selling your mm -hmm. design services in this case. Uh, so I think that one of the important things to understand is that digital transformation is not about tactics. It's not about, hey, I've just learned that there is a blog. I'm going to start becoming a blogger and writing a blog. You need to start using those tools depending on what you want to achieve within your business structure. So it goes back to how you structured your business and what's the best tool to use in order to get out to people rather than you doing it all. You know, what sort of platform should we be looking at? Mainly social media, I would say, uh, mainly LinkedIn, but mm -hmm. also a lot of uh, clients are on Instagram. And of course, clients will be using Instagram and Google search to find local architecture practices. Um, something that is a bit paradoxical is that a lot of architects are uh, believing that they should get published in magazines because they think that this is like a status and that's where you get your work out but mind you that many uh, many 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 clients do not read um, uh, design magazines they mm -hmm. just don't yep. so if you actually are strategic about it you probably would go more into the type of papers that your that your clients actually read rather than architecture yeah, we were we recently we were in the Saturday Telegraph magazine. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like I uh, about six months ago, I had a conversation with one of the heads at uh, Gensler, mm -hmm. and he said that basically one of the really like interesting points of for them of marketing, they have whole teams basically hired for that, is that they don't care about being published. They don't go out there to put press releases down to get published in design magazines. They go to the Times, <laughs> you know? This is basically their relationships with the press that they really develop. And that's just interesting for all of us to think because it kind of goes against what we're taught and what we mm -hmm. usually uh, think is the so right you need to be thinking what what magazines do our clients read do they read exactly how yeah. has that newspaper got an online presence is that online presence searchable because yeah. if it's if it's just one article in the newspaper and then it's and it's gone and it's only in hard copy who's ever going to see it <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You got it. And this is this is really the key point. So you, I, you just think you, you just have to be strategic. 
And that really applies to everything. If you decide mm -hmm. to self-publish, which means you put your information out there to Instagram or other social media or writing a blog, think about how you can position that content in front of the right community that you mm -hmm. want you know, to read it. So interestingly, we've got I've got four clients who have got who whose projects have got Instagram profiles. <laughs> projects, individual projects. projects. Yeah, yeah. So uh, like Little House on the Bolin or Geddes in the Terrace. Uh -huh. And it's really cute because they tag me in. Yeah. Um, so I'm just watching it for the moment. I'm not quite sure how to capitalize on it, you know, yeah. but I'm hoping that there's going to be lots of a, other people or similar people looking and hopefully tying in with it yeah sure i would just suggest to um whenever you're thinking about this the best solution is to um basically promote the bigger picture so promote your brand or your name as a designer don't promote individual projects because the moment the project is done your instagram page is you're gonna naturally move on from that mm -hmm. and then it just becomes that dead content that once people followed and now you don't create anything new for them but yeah. if you do promote yourself under your brand people will follow you through projects Yes. through time as you grow and they will yeah that is going to be definitely a better strategy for your business yeah i need to find a way to link to these uh projects because they're kind of like mini case studies that clients are doing for themselves you know it's yeah. well, got to be a way to do it maybe we should have a chat offline about it <laughs> <Pleasure. laughs> so, are there any downsides to tech absolutely i mean loads um to tell you a secret, I have no personal profiles and I do not have a personal, um, you know, a personal um, Instagram or Facebook because I just do not think that, um, I just see all the, obviously the um, overload of information and all the different aspects mm -hmm. that it carries, like, you know, where my attention goes, how do I spend my days? Um, so I use Messenger to communicate with friends and all the rest of my business profiles. And I really strategically think about all the content that I put out. I plan my day and my weeks and my months accordingly to what I want to put out, how I want to form my message. And, uh, and basically I consistently work towards that because this is, I see that as growing my business. Uh, but I don't do that for personal reason in fact personally i really like to disconnect from technology and just be in nature um so i think that there is a lot of downsides to it um but it is just something that if you find the right balance yeah. especially if you see the positives in that and you start connecting that link between a post and then income for your business this is really where it really is a worth game to get into and you start and re really honestly what i do is i use a um outdoor posting um platform like hootsuit at the moment i was using meet edguy before various things i've tried but basically it's really what it is the software that allows you to plan your content forward and it automatically posts it to different platforms so what that means is that i'm not actually sitting there five times a day and posting this blog post and this podcast and re reposting mm -hmm. this and daddy da, da, da. it's all being done automatically and so i just sit down maybe once a week and put everything there and then that's it 
you know, I might just um, log back in to see the comments and people engagement, but I'm not plugged into social media 24 seven. That's not how I want to live my life. That's not how I want to lead my business, even though it's fully digital. So I think that you can find your own balance and you should protect your brain and your creativity from <laughs> the overload of social media and the control that's there. I really think that's important. Um, so do it strategically and think about it like you think about your business, you know, like you strategize around your sales, strategize around your marketing and digital marketing too. So that sounds like a great point to, to leave on. So thank you very much, Sarah Kalata, for um, for talking about digital transformation. Um, is there, if anyone wants to find out more about you, you've got a podcast. Yes, I have a podcast. Very, very excited. I uh, launched a new podcast, which in fact is not just a podcast, it's actually a publication series called Profitable Architect Online. And the purpose behind this is really for me to kind of rise up a little bit more to a role of a mentor, because I've been doing uh, training and teaching. I have a mastermind and I have clients, private clients I work with, also online courses that help architects get digital. And I've been doing all of this um, sort of with one-on-one working with clients but now I want to teach a little bit more about this and so this podcast really is a place where I'm planning to do that it's been launched launched about three weeks ago and I'm still warming up the story and the community sharing a little bit of my personal experiences and explaining why I'm doing what I'm doing because I believe that your why is extremely important um but I do plan to deep dive into tools and techniques and tricks of digital transformation that you can use to um, really scale your business and start thinking profitability as an architect, leveraging the digital transformation um, techniques or world or uh, and so technology. And so I really encourage you guys to to follow me on Sarah Colata, and that's everywhere. You'll find me on LinkedIn or on, on YouTube. Uh, if you type in Sarah Colata literally into Google, you'll find me. Um, I have a media blog and Facebook. Please connect. And that's where I post my content. So whether it's Profitable Architect Online podcast, which already is on iTunes and a lot of other things, or it's, um, or it's on YouTube, those are the main places where I post all my content. So that's great. Well, thanks very much for coming on um, this podcast. And if you found this interesting, um, then please subscribe. Um, we're on Spotify as a podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, if you're interested in coming on as a guest, please get in contact with me, Lisa Rains. Um, and we, if you look back at our back catalogue, we've got loads of interesting uh, guests. We've got Ryan Willard. We've got Jason Boyle, Stephen Drew, Simone de Gaulle. Uh, so please have a look back through and um, thank you very much for listening. Excellent. Thank you so very much as well for inviting me to be a part of this. <laughs>